As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. We are back for the final episode of this special Rocketship.fm miniseries. In this series, we've been taking product challenges from our listeners and enlisting product coach and 14-year Google veteran Ken Norton to help. Ken created the popular Bring the Donuts newsletter, which you should definitely check out and subscribe to. And even though his coaching calendar is pretty booked up these days, he's managed to make some time to share insights on your challenges here in this special series for Rocketship. Yeah, this special series was produced to celebrate the upcoming virtual edition of Industry the Product Conference, which takes place April 20th to the 21st 
You could check out all the details at industryconference.com slash virtual. And you'll even save on registration when you use the code Rocketship. We'll have two full days of interactive discussions, video networking, keynotes from some of the best, including... Yes, of course, I'll be there. Mike, you don't have to ask again, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. I'll be putting on a special half-day workshop next month as well. So we hope to see you there. But before we do, let's finish out this series, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. And what's the challenge for today? Well, I'll save that for after the intro, but I'll share that it has something to do with a player coach. And I don't mean Pete Rose from the 1980s Cincinnati Reds. Well, I wouldn't think it's about well, let's just roll the intro and we could get into it. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We're your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. Okay, so we've ruled out that today's challenge is not about Pete Rose. Correct, but it does involve a player coach of sorts, and we could cut right to the challenge itself. This is coming from Sarah. Sarah is a head of product at an internet media company, and we've hired a voice actor to portray the challenge that she submitted, and, well, here it is. I recently stepped into a new product leadership role at my company, and I'm just settling in. I'm really the first true product leader aside from the founders of the company, as our founder filled that role before. But it's a player coach type situation. I don't mind that. I love building product, but I am concerned that it may be difficult to be a great builder and leader at the same time. What advice do you have for someone like me? Ah, okay. A product player coach. Somebody who's building and leading. It's not so simple, especially when it's the first true non-founder product leader that the company's ever had. But it could also be a lot of fun. Here's Ken with his initial take on things. From my own experience, some of the most rewarding product jobs you can have are ones where you are the first non-founder product leader at a, at a, at a company where... Um, the company's growing, product's successful, uh, but it's time for someone besides the founder to be the day-to-day -day steward of product. I, I think that's one of the most fun jobs I've ever had. Uh, Sarah doesn't mention if if she's new to the company or new to the role, uh, and so so the, the advice might be different if she's been at the company for a while and has stepped into this role. But the most important thing is to is develop a really strong connection with that founder, that product founder that that you know has had been leading product up until that point. And, you know, I think there's a few things to it. I, I've used, I've written about this before, and I've used the, the metaphor of the Spock mind meld, where, you know, Spock, not, not the, the death tap or whatever, the, the, the pinch, but is the one where you like, you know, he kind of like would read your mind, they develop that deep connection. Because you need to understand everything about how that person thinks about the future of the product and their strategy. And you, you need to be able to channel them into rooms when that, that person is not there. And you need to share a vision for the product. And that doesn't mean there's not going to be places where you disagree, but if you fundamentally don't share the vision for the product that that, that founder has, then it's going to be very, very hard to be successful. At this company. And so I think you want to make sure you understand, you know, and share that kind of deep connection. You want to also make sure you both have clarity on, on the job and where, where, where that person's job ends and your job begins. And this is where a lot of times some of these arrangements go south is when Someone's hired to be the head of product, you know, first non-founder head of product, and they think they're going to have a level of ownership over the product strategy, but yet 
the founder is like, well, I'm still going to do that. You're just going to do the day-to-day, you know, bug queues and managing the team. Um, and, and that kind of mismatch on what it means to be the product leader and who has ownership is where things fall south. So you want to make sure you're on the same page about that. And, and through that conversation, you'll understand like any great founder areas where that person wants to be involved on a very detailed basis and areas where that person is, is going to, is going to trust. Uh, and, and I worked for, you know, Larry and Sergey at Google for, for years and years and years, and the company was gigantic and there were still certain things you knew, like Larry's going to want to weigh in on that. Um, and you know, it didn't mean that he was still the head of product on a day-to-day basis and running everything, but it meant that part of your job was to figure out, you know, what are the areas where the founder is very passionate about it, wants to be connected, wants to be involved? What are other areas that um, they may need to be less involved? Um, because you, if you're going to be successful, you're going to need to navigate that. You don't want to, you know, be undermined later down the road by realizing that you went too far on something the founder wants to recalibrate on. Uh, and then you also, like, if you're going to the founder for everything, that's you're not being a very effective product leader either. Um, you know, I think on the player coach side, like, you know, that was always my favorite role. I mean, my favorite moments in product were where, you know, I was a I was a player coach where I, you know, group product manager at Google was a great role for this. I managed a small team, but I was still a day-to-day PM. Uh, being a VP product at a startup gave me that opportunity as well. And so I think learning to delegate is important, like recognizing when you go from being directly responsible for something to being accountable for it. And when it's more effective to have someone else do something, even if it may take longer, even if the level of quality may not be what you think, uh, it's more effective as a leader to, to have impact through others. And, and also when it is that you should do it. And again, this, this touches on another area where I found uh, this, this type of role to be really successful and a really good match is when people approach this type of role where there's really nothing beneath them. It's like, I'm willing to, you know, stay up all night and clean up the bug cube because somebody needs to do it. And I'm totally happy doing that. Uh, if you come into this, this type of role with the attitude of, you know, well, I'm, you know, I'm the head of product and, you know, there's, that should be someone else's job. It's not going to work very well in a company of 50 to hundred people because there isn't anybody else that really do a lot of that stuff. And so I think, you know, recognizing when is it time to roll up your sleeves and get something done? When is it time to, to delegate and let the people on your team be accountable for it? Uh, and then how do you balance that with that connection that you need to have between that you and that product founder to make sure you share a vision for where the product is going to go and that they trust you and you're accountable and, and you have the authority to get it done. So it sure sounded like Ken had good memories of playing a very similar role in the past. So, Sarah, it sounds like you're in a pretty interesting position where you're at. Yeah, as long as you get on the same page with the founders of the company. Maybe even go full-on Spock mind meld, as Ken says. It could end up being something special. Of course, to do that, it comes down to something specific. It comes down to communication, and and it has to be very regular, and you have to be willing to adjust, and you have to kind of appreciate that, you know, we're going to have to adapt it, we're going to have to change it. Um, You know, Sarah needs to be willing to ask the founder, like, you know, what do you want to be more connected to? What do you need to be less connected to? Um, you know, let's make sure we have this mind meld of, of, of me building the right product for what the company needs for the right problem. Uh, you know, let, let me be clear to you about what I need in terms of people, in terms of autonomy, in terms of empowerment. Uh, you know, I think the, the best connections are ones where there's that open communication channel and, and, and both can say to the other, hey, something's not working here. How do we fix it? Um, where oftentimes these fall short is there isn't that. And then you 
get to a point where, you know, it's too late and and you can't develop that connection. But Sarah, I know that you're going to take Ken's advice to heart and won't be too late for you. Did Ken have any other insights on the player coach concept as a product person, especially given this will be Sarah's first go at it? Well, yes. Uh, to Ken, it's all a delicate dance. It's a little bit of a delicate dance. It's it's like when you, you know, you're kind of crossing a dance floor and you come across people and you're like, you, you step right and they step left and you know, they and you're like, oops, oh, well, awkward, right? Uh, it's going to be like that for a period of time. And so I think people that assume instant results or instant connection or instant productivity, uh, oftentimes disappointed. Uh, and so I've coached people in this type of role. And, you know, I, I've, I've even coached someone who was like a month into this role and they're like, this isn't going to work for me. I'm thinking about quitting and given more time and, and just, you know, a, a, an opportunity to connect more with the founder ended up becoming a really successful role for them. So it's, it's difficult and, and it's, and it's awkward and, you know, you're the first product leader that is not a founder and you're the first product leader to work for that founder who's been the product. Like, I mean, you're going to be figuring it out. Even if you have done the job before, they've done that, you know, that role before. It's going to take some time to figure it out. Uh, and and also, I think this recognition that, you know, the best founder product leader, leader relationships are ones that are a little bit fuzzy, you know, where there's it's like a Venn diagram and there's a lot of overlap. And and, and that, that overlap is actually uh, a good thing. And, and if you're trying to look for a very clear delineation between, you know, this is where you began and I end and, you know, you're over here and I'm over here and I own this and you own this and, you know, let's sit down and, you know, divide up like we're going through divorce something that's not going to be successful. Um, and so I think recognizing those areas of, of overlap where you're together kind of leading strategy or you're, you know, together kind of developing uh, the company and evolving are really, really important. I will say that there's another failure mode here, which is the founder wants to completely disconnect. And, and, you know, the founder is like, um, you know, great. Now you're running product. I don't have to think about that anymore. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go work on sales or marketing. And I don't, you know, it's now, now I'm, I'm done with product. And the best startups are ones where there's a product CEO continuing to own and, and, and run and lead product for a long time. And so I would also be very wary of an environment where the, the, the founder just wants to be done with the product. Uh, I, I would I would be very skeptical of that type of situation. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Sarah, we hope that Ken's advice on all this is helpful. He's got one final takeaway for you. Yeah, I think the big takeaway is connection with the founder and develop that rapport, develop that communication, uh, stay very very connected, and. On the player coach side, you know, don't be don't be afraid to to roll up your sleeves and and do stuff that is not getting done. But by the same token, recognizing that your job isn't just an individual contributor, your job is to have impact through the team. And so, look for opportunities to delegate. Look for opportunities to to, to give people the space to be able to do things on their own. Well, Rocket Ship listeners, we sure hope that you enjoyed this special series. We loved hearing the challenges that you all submitted and. I know Ken's advice is solid, so we really hope that hearing it helped you think through these challenges even better. You know, I think I noticed a trend about all of these challenges. It's funny you say that because Ken actually said the same thing. So you and Ken are definitely in this mind meld mode, apparently. <laughs> yeah, well, what did he say about it? Well, yeah, the big observation is how many of these challenges related to people. And, and, you know, it's it's one of the things that I said earlier is, you know, product management would be a hell of a lot easier if there weren't any people involved. <laughs> the product stuff is, you know, it's hard, but it's people that make it really, really hard. 
Um, but it's people that also make it rewarding and enjoyable and something that you want to come back to day and day again. So one big observation was just how much of these challenges stemmed from the wrong people in place, a mismatch between people, challenges communicating between people, uh, challenges in people's expectations of roles. Uh, and, you know, it, that's hard. There's no, you know, there's no uh, roadmap or process for, for how to fix relationships with people. It just takes a lot of time and energy and investment. And I think this recognition that as a product manager or a product leader, a lot of it is on your shoulders. Like stuff doesn't kind of fix itself around you when it comes to people. You have to take initiative. You have to connect. You have to communicate. You have to be willing to stand up for yourself and your team. And you have to be willing to, to walk away if it looks like it's irreparable. If you want to keep learning from Ken, the good news is he's pretty active in writing essays. He's loves sharing his own thoughts. And there's a place where you can find it all. If you go to bringthedonuts.com, uh, you'll find all of the writing I've done over the years, all of my essays on product leadership and product management. You can subscribe to my newsletter, which goes out you know once or twice a month on all these various different topics. Also includes... Uh, job listings for those of you that uh, are looking for that uh, and uh, any information as well about my coaching services, which is, uh, you know, either one-on-one coaching or, or team coaching, bringthedonuts.com. And a big thanks to Ken Norton for being part of this special series. We definitely encourage you to visit bringthedonuts.com and check out all that Ken has to offer. Yeah. And a big thank you goes out to David, Marty, Chelsea, Yvette, Sarah for submitting these great challenges. We know that this product thing can be tough. So we sure hope that this advice helped. We are in the middle of the current season, season 10 of Rocketship.fm, all about workplace confessions. So we hope you'll continue joining us for more workplace confessions coming up this season. It's actually fairly similar style to this mini season. So if you've enjoyed these, we think you'll love all of season 10. And again, we sure hope to see you at the virtual edition of Industry, the product conference coming up April 20th to the 21st, as well as the half-day workshop that Michael's putting on next month. You could learn more about both at industryconference.com slash virtual. Again, industryconference.com slash virtual. And if you do register, use that code ROCKETSHIP. It's going to help you save a little bit of money too. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network. And if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com. 